All right, so we're back with episode, uh, I think it's 13, 14, one of those, uh, but we're here talking about finance today, and you know, we're going to get into a little bit of different dynamics as far as tithing, um, cultural differences, investing, credit, um, all of that. So we're going to go ahead and start. Uh, Lend, you want to pray, or RJ can pray. Well, we thank you for this day, oh God. We thank you for just this opportunity, oh God, to talk to these your people, oh God. Allow us, oh God, anoint our, our lips, oh God, that we may say something edifying, oh God, that somebody may cry. What must I do to be saved, oh God? That we may bring glory to you, oh God. Anoint us, oh God, even the listeners, oh God. Even if somebody is overwhelmed, oh God, we ask that you meet their need, oh God, that you open up the windows of heaven and pour out, oh God. Have your way, oh God. We thank you, oh God. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, again, today's topic is regarding finance. And the first question that we're going to throw out there is what does financial stability mean to you? For some people, it means many different things. Some people want to be, you know, wealthy or, you know, well off or whatever like that. For me, that was kind of never one of my things. I just want to be comfortable enough to be able to take care of myself, take care of family if need be or whatever situation. But being rich was never one of my goals. But if the Lord blessed, then that's wonderful. But what does a financial stability mean to y'all? To me, it's very similar to what you said. It's like, I don't want to be rich, but I want to be able to get what I need. Like, I remember a time of not having what I need. Like, people be laughing. You can't never forget where the Lord bought you from. Remember not having money to put gas in my car. I remember, you know, this is prior to marriage, because if you're poor, you can't ask your husband. But I'm just saying, like, I remember a time of being young and just not having it. Or even growing up as in a single family home, um, there were certain things that were just like vacations wasn't we ain't got money for no vacation girl what um and I used to you know be in school with people who could go on vacations and who could do certain things but to me it just means like being comfortable being able to go to the store and get what you need if you need a car seat that's three hundred dollars being able to get that car seat being able to pay my bills being able to be I don't need to be like house poor I know that sounds crazy like some people get so such big of a house that like all their money goes to the house. You can't do no, no fun things. I want to be com comfortable in the fact that I can go to the store. If, if I want a lobster tail, I can get a lobster tail. Not saying I need 3000 lobster tails, but you know, I can go get that. I just want to be comfortable in having what I need. If the children need something, if there's an emergency, I could be a blessing to my husband. That's exactly, that's how I want to be. I just want to be comfortable. And I also want to be in a position where I can continuously bless others. Like God didn't give, I don't believe God gives to you. So you can be eating, eating crab legs and steak and your sister is eating ramen and cereal. I just ain't nothing wrong with cereal because I love a good bowl of cereal. And ain't nothing wrong with ramen, but it's plastic. But is good. I'm just saying, like, I just don't believe that you should, you should have and your brother or sister shouldn't have. I just want to be comfortable. I just want to be able to bless and be able to provide for my needs and some of my wants. Absolutely. Uh, anybody else? <laughs> Ooh, um, stability. What does stability mean? Um, I think Lindsay kind of said some of the things that I would say. Like, if you want to go somewhere, be able to go somewhere and not be scraping just to go somewhere. I'm sure there'll be times in your life where you are scraping to do something, but it's, I don't, not where it's uh, all the time you're scraping to do that something. Um, being able to travel if you want to, being able to bless somebody else. But let me make this clear you should be able to be wanting to bless somebody else, whether you are stable or not. Um, because as the Bible says, it is more of a blessing to give than receive. Um, so you don't always have to be financially stable to bless somebody. Um, because we believe what the Lord says, uh, we do what he'll take care of us. Um, just, you know, just being able to do things without, like I said, scraping. I feel, I feel like that that covers basically what my, my definition of stability is. And I mean all of that in a financial way. 
Um, not always needing, oh, I don't have it. I don't got it. I don't have it. I don't have it. Just being, being able to have it and being comfortable enough to say I have it, regardless of what it means. And that doesn't mean always giving to people. That means having to do something for yourself, travel. If it's car maintenance, you don't have to charge it and, and stuff like that. You're just able to do it because you have it. Um, and being able to do that for a longevity, being able to do that for a long period of time, not just um, one time. Sorry, I was trying to unmute. Um, no, I agree. Um, because yeah, it's great to have your bills paid, but you want to, you know, enjoy life too a little bit. So I feel like just you know being able to have an all-around, I guess, good life. Um, have the things that you need, and even have some wants as well. Um, and not necessarily being like Bill Gates or something. So that's what I will look at it as, pretty much what everybody already said. So, yeah. And side note, this wasn't one of the questions, but do do y'all believe that um, money tends to change people or it only enhances who they were before the money? Depending on the person, but most cases it does change people. (laughs) Um, I know people, sometimes people are like, psych themselves up. Oh, yeah, when I get more money, I'm going to save more. Line. They, most of the time, they just end up spending more and their budget increases. And somebody said, I think it was like one of those financial gurus, like Dave Ramsey or somebody, um, always said, like, live below your wage or something like that. But And that's usually how you can always come out on top. Like, if you're making X amount of money, don't feel like you have to spend X amount of money all the time. Like, try to live off half of that if you can. If you get a raise, and you were living okay on what you was already making, stay doing that and save the rest for something. I don't know, anything. But and to the question, yeah, it does change people sometimes because it it comes with so many different things. Now you can afford this that you couldn't afford, and now people think they're a high-status symbol or whatever. But, it, yeah, it does. And I think, like, too, especially with Black people, um, because going back in history, we're used to not having anything. I feel like sometimes we feel like we need to flaunt everything or have everything and then show the world that we had such and such. And a lot of times don't really have it. The pictures, like we got it. But at home, just like Albany said, you scraping and trying to make ends meet. Oh, but you got that Gucci belt. Like, okay, sell it <laughs> so you can pay your rent. Like, But yeah, I mean, that's usually what happens. It's usually a label thing, but I'll let someone else go. And we'll definitely get into the culture a little bit later. Anybody else? No, that's very true. I believe that it changes people. She said that I remember a time in my life where I had to have an outfit for a brand new outfit for everything. I'm talking like when I first moved here, young people's meeting. And y'all know how basic young people's meeting is. It's so basic. And I feel like I needed a new outfit and I had one. Um, Broke. But I had to go get this new outfit, but couldn't go get a five dollar chicken box if I wanted to because I was broke. But thank God for my husband. Um, I'm just saying, like that's the that's the type of stuff. Like it, I believe that it depends on who you are because you can't say the same thing for everybody. Because once you learn, like I have learned from that place for sure. Like I don't need the stunt for nobody. This same jean skirt, y'all about to get it if y'all get it the second Saturday and the third Saturday, you're gonna get it again. Um, but it definitely depends on who you are. But I also believe that it comes with knowledge. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you do certain stuff because that's all the knowledge that you have and that's all you know. Um, but once somebody shows you like, hey, this is this, because I use my husband, for example, I don't believe he ever, he could hear me. I don't believe he ever like changed. Like, and I say this like out of like the utmost respect, like he grew up in shelters and how God has blessed him. He, and he's such a giver. You know what I mean? Like he, 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 my church here is one of the biggest givers I ever know. People, I, I just never met people who gave like that until I m- moved here. And that's why I give like I give because I saw their example. So I just really believe that it is who you are because of when I look at how he came, he gives more. The more he gets, the more he gives. Um, and I believe that there are people like that. Um, but you can get out here and get trapped and then got a Gucci belt and ain't got nothing to eat. It's a shame. 
my next question was, um, why is having good credit so important? Wow. This was long. Go ahead, Abby. Like you don't be giving. I mean, I felt like just let her I let her go first. I should have been the last. Right. Go, so I felt like y'all should have. Um, mm -mm, go. I don't credit is I don't know. Credit is so important because where you can have all the money in the world, money can't buy specific things. Um, because you can have money right now, um, but that money can be gone in an instant. Um, let me use the Gucci belt reference um, that Joe and Lindsay just spoke on. I don't know how much Gucci belts cost. I have no desire to have one, but if you do, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, so let's say the Gucci, and I could be wrong, So, but let's say the Gucci belt costs $1,000. You have $1,000, okay? So if you go buy that belt, you no longer have the $1,000. Now, let's say something more important comes up, like you need tires for your car. Tires are very expensive. I'm sure if anybody's watching that has a vehicle, you know that. Um, let's say tires come up for your car and you need it, and let's say they add up to be $1,000, which is very, very true. It can be $1,000 for tires for a vehicle. Now, if you had the money, don't get me wrong, you could have bought it, but you just bought the Gucci belt. Let's say they run your credit and say, oh, well, you make it charge it or you make it get a Firestone card or whatever, you don't have good credit. Now you can't get the tires. Just giving that basic example. If you had good credit, you could have gotten the Firestone card, which I don't recommend. Maybe we'll get to that. But um, <laughs> you could have gotten the tires and had a way for it you don't have no tires and you got a Gucci belt for a thousand dollars um but something my mother told me that has never ever left me um and I try my best to stand by it, even in my adult years is once you have good credit there's nothing that you can't get and she said that from young um and it's absolutely true um don't get me wrong if you get something with credit you have to find the means to pay for it but the point is that you got it um, and I'm not going to talk on this all day long because I probably could talk on this for at least an hour. Um, but when you have good credit, it speaks for you. Um, and I know she said we're going to go into like racial differences or cultural differences, excuse me. But um, <laughs> sometimes when you're a, a person of color, it's not expected for you to have a specific credit score. So I love when you could go in a car dealership or you can go into a furniture store and it's like they run your credit and they're like, oh, yeah, oh. So back to this sectional that I was talking about. Um, credit speaks for you when cash kind of doesn't because anybody has cash in their pocket. I mean, people will be standing in line for Jordans with their cash in their hand, yet you got on the dart bush to go stand in line for Jordans. Anybody can have cash in their hand, but just anybody can have good credit. You have to work to have good credit. So credit really speaks for you and it's so important to have it. Because when you get older to the point where you want to start getting things and when you want to start paying for things, even with money, a vehicle, with a home or whatever it is, your credit score your credit score is what makes how much you're going to pay out in money. So the higher that score is, the less you're going to pay out. The lower that score is, the more you're going to pay out. I mean, again, I could continue to talk about this for I don't know how long, but it's very important in life. I don't know why it's not taught in schools. Um, because it's really a, a key to life, just like getting a degree is a key to life. But then again, you don't have to go to school to get a degree to make a living um, out of life. But it's very important. I There are so many ways I can describe it. I hope those two examples or three examples I gave. Um, and that's no shade to anybody catching a, a dart bus. I don't want anybody to feel like I was trying to throw shade or anything like that. Um, because sometimes it's better to catch a bus or ride a bike. Hello, gas. All right, let's come down with the prices. Um, or a moped or anything like that versus having a vehicle. Sometimes we live in states or it's easy or cities. It's easier to commute. We don't want a vehicle. You know, that's not to um, throw shade or anything like that. Somebody asked what a dark bus was, sorry. Um, but that's not to throw shade or anything at anybody. So I don't, I apologize if that sounded offensive. I was just using the analogy um, because there's other analogies too that if we are continuing to stand in line for sneakers or 
technology or stuff that is like not I don't know I don't know the word for it the Joe would be better but stuff that's really not really that important it's like we put the value of stuff that's not important in front of stuff that is important which is credit <laughs> that's what I meant by that so it's like well we are we don't have anything to speak for ourselves we'd rather stand in line for something that costs two hundred dollars when we wanted these Jordan ones when there's going to be another release of a Jordan one next month and we don't really so yeah I hope that made sense if it did not if I offended you I do apologize because that's not what I meant to do I'm offended because I'm getting Jordan one. Well, it's okay. Everybody knows I like to shop, so you don't have to be offended, but I do apologize. I didn't want anybody to think that because I know we all live in different areas, but that was just my I'm example. Just I, oh yeah, but I still didn't want anybody to be. But yeah, it's very important. It, very, it really is. Anybody else? What was the question again? Why is good credit important? This is why I should have went last oh, okay. because y'all y'all knew this. Go ahead, man. I don't have anything to add. She pretty much wrapped it up. That's why I wanted her to go. I didn't even start. Yeah. All right. So I, I mean, we've kind of been going around this topic, but why is the saying that there are um cultural differences when it comes to finance? Um we'll probably talk about this for 30 minutes. Um, well, one of the things Albany just said is we're not taught this stuff in school, which we're not. Um, they're probably not taught it in, you know, prep schools or whatever like that either. But one thing, again, that Caucasian families do or parents do is educate their kids or set their kids up for, um, you know, financially <clears throat> for the future. So a 17 or eight year, 18 year old will already have like um, kind of stuff set for them versus with us. We just be popping out babies and we have no direction or no, <laughs> we don't have anything. It's just like, we don't have anything set for our kids and at all. Um, but y'all can go ahead. I think it's the lack of, you know, knowledge. Um, it, and you don't want to put emphasis because sometimes people didn't know. Like I used this before when I grew up, my mom said some stuff she didn't know. And how can you tell somebody something that you didn't know? And it's a lot of stuff that we are barely skimming the surface as a people right now. Like you got to think our counterparts have been doing this for years. Um, and in our urban areas, there's so many lack of resources in the lower socioeconomic areas. Um, I just wrote a paper and I just had to write a paper on urban schools and rural schools. And your funding is, your funding is established by where your school is in the sand, in the grass. Um, and there are more research, resources directed to you dependent upon where your school is. And I think it's like that too in reference to cultural differences. Where you are, there are resources to educate you. And sometimes we don't know these things. And I think it becomes, that's when it becomes a generational thing. So we don't know. And then some people don't care to know. So they just keep doing it, doing it, doing it. And it's like 40 years down the line, people living off of subsidized housing. It's okay. We all, been, well, I can't say we all can't speak for nobody, but Started from the bottom. My mom, we did. We lived in subsidized housing. And God blessed. Um, but you you have to have a mindset of not wanting to be there. And I think those are cultural differences. We get we get complacent on where we are. Not everybody, um, because one shoe doesn't, one size doesn't fit all. But I think it's a lack of knowledge in our people. And there it's a lack of stuff we don't know. That's stuff I don't know to this day. I have a coworker who'll be telling me stuff. I'm like, how do you know that? They've been doing this for generations. Like, and you say learn it in school. They ain't learning this in school. They learn this at the kitchen table. Um, and it's even stuff that I learned from Nardo that I didn't even know. There's stuff that y'all be talking about about these stocks and bonds. My brain be like, what? What are you talking about? I'll be so confused. Um, but that's the cultural differences. We didn't know we we weren't we this this stuff wasn't readily available to us. And once we, I know people about the world as once we segregated, there are some people who believe that segregation was the worst thing that ever happened to black people. 
I'm not saying I'm neither here nor there, but when before segregation, we had our own banks, we had our own doctors, we had our own lawyers, we had our own things. But when we segregated, we were we had to rely off the man-made system, the system that they that they made, and they said, "I'm saying they are saying that it wasn't for all people to become rich or whatever. It wasn't a system built for us." So. When that happened, we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know the loopholes. And I feel like it has just come from generation to generation where people hasn't wanted to know, haven't wanted wanted to know those things. I hope I hope it, I don't sound confusing. Um, and it takes people like I don't know, not forget Yanni and y'all, y'all, I'll be too, um, to know these things and these stocks and bonds. Like my dad is very big on those things and educating us on those things. But we have to want to do those things. We have to not want to be complacent with just having every pair of Jordans that come out, but we still taking the bus. Like, I don't think she was trying to be funny. It's like, how do you have every Jordan that comes up to $200 and, but you don't have no car. Like you don't have no savings to no car, but you walk in, but you got them Jordans on, but you don't have no car. So I think it's like, we have to, we have to reach back and teach that next generation. I mean, I also feel like now in the age of the internet, which has been around for a good amount of time now, we kind of don't have excuses anymore to still be in the same situations that we're in. We have YouTube, just like you were saying about stocks. If you want to learn about stocks, you can learn it through YouTube or whatever like that. I still be confused, y'all. No slow. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still confused on it, but you got to go try something and see if it works. <laughs> like I was telling you the other day, but it's kind of no excuses for us not to um, know how to get into entrepreneurship or know how to do certain things or whatever like that because we have YouTube for free to be able to get. You know, a lot of that information. Um, anybody else? I think. Okay. Um, yeah. So I definitely agree that uh, if it's like our parents in different cultures, uh, if, if speaking specific, if I'm talking about, well, I don't know. So I just say specific cultures. Uh, parents did not know. They could not have known in some some situations um, in generations. So that's why we have a generational difference. And I'm probably about to be a little long-winded. So listeners, uh, y'all and y'all bear with me. Um, I definitely agree to that um, because you can't teach what you don't know. But then I also devil's advocate and I'm like, that's not an excuse with Ayana as well. Um, and I'm, I was very blessed and fortunate. And I'm not saying I have everything right. God knows I do not. <laughs> but um, I'm I, I also have worked in areas and I have learned different things, but I feel like regardless, I still would have known because I just, yeah. I feel like we use things as an excuse to be like, well, I wasn't taught. It's the same thing. We just use that as we get older. And like Ayana just said, this is 2021. We are, there's apps like Cash App and PayPal where you could pay somebody back in less than 60 seconds for money that you owe them. I mean, just as much as, uh, I mean, Lily can know how to answer a phone and, and, and do things. I mean, not Lily Lay, because Lily's a little older. I mean, kids are so advanced and kids know how to pick up and do things these days. I mean, infants are coming out, picking up their heads and we're in a different generation and we're a different day and age. And what I mean by that is what our parents may not have known that has nothing to do with what you uh, can can learn for yourself. It's like for me, your first credit card from a store and you go in, in there and you buy up $200 worth of clothes. Nothing came in your mind and said, oh, who was supposed to pay for that? Nothing. And even if it did with your first card, OK, you get another one. You didn't know you had to pay for that. And then you get a cell phone from T-Mobile, Sprint, Verizon, whoever it is. And then you just don't pay the bill. It's going to pay itself. Don't get me wrong. There are situations. There, are, everybody has situations. It could be, it could be a numerous situation. I'm not even going to get into it. Where sometimes their credit falls short. It could be medical. It could be all family. It could be anything. We fall on hard times. We lose jobs. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is the ones that we could control. Sometimes we just be like, well, I didn't know. What the issue is is we didn't know it was going to affect our credit that much, and we didn't know once it affected it, it was going to take that much to build it back up. 
that's what it that's what the issue is that's what i find when i hear people like well i didn't know no you knew that you were supposed to pay that verizon bill which or that comcast bill what you didn't know is that it was going to affect you this much down the line and now it's going affect so many other things yeah that you try to get in the future Exactly. And that's why I'm like, that, that's what I find the pattern to be when I hear like stories or and not saying people come to me because I'm this financial guru because I'm not. But when everybody's just talking in general, I'm like, no, you knew you can't tell me you didn't know that once you left Verizon because they were too expensive to go to T-Mobile or Sprint because they were cheaper. You knew that you had to pay that cell phone, that cell phone off before you traded it in or left because that's part of the contract. That's part of the terms agreement. You knew that, but you said, I'm not paying this bill. I'm going to T-Mobile or Sprint because they're cheaper. What you didn't know is it's going to hit your credit and it's going to follow you. And now you're going to go get a car and now your interest rate is like 10% because you've done things like this multiple times. So I think we try to use stuff as an excuse like, well, I didn't know. No, you didn't know. You didn't know it was going to affect you. Um, and I, I just feel like our generation uses those things. And the last thing I'm going to say is that I was watching a U, YouTube video, and I've mentioned this before when I was doing something for Keith Holly, Bishop Keith Holly Church. Um, I watched this thing every now and then. It was called CNBC Make It. CNBC Make It. And they'll show people of all walks of life and um, that all, all different types of careers make different amounts of uh, their salaries a different amount a year. Uh, they can range from 20 to 100K. Some make $300,000 a year. And they'll show how much money they spend in a month on mortgage. It could be their, their extra stuff, their extracurricular stuff, like, you know, Netflix or whatever, food, gas, all types of stuff. And there was this young girl that made 80K a year. Um, and I'm trying to make this short. But anyway, her she got, like, different things. Her dad took sick, and she racked up, like, $10,000 in credit card debt. And uh, she was like, I like to say that I was going to Dubai and traveling. Queen, you still watching? Trying to comment. I don't know if she is. But um, I knew what Queen meant, though. But she was like, uh, I, I like to say that I went to like Dubai and New Mexico and all this with this $10,000 worth of debt. But I wasn't. She was like, unfortunately, my dad had took sick and I had to travel. You know, he was in, uh, he was in intensive care and all that. So I understood the $10,000 for that. But she was like, when I was making 80K, I would do things like Jiffy Lou would be like, oh, you want to apply for a credit card today? And she was like, I would be like, well, I make 80K, so why not? You know, I just charge it and pay it off when I get paid. But something happened and she ended up making like less than half of what she made from a new job. So plus the 10K and then like the Jiffy Lou, all that was messed together. She ended up on that money back. And I told Ayana as soon as I was watching, I said, see, this is the issue with generation. This has nothing to do with cultures now. I said, we will make money and be like, well, I just charge it or I'll just pay for it later. Instead of just saying, well, I make the 80K, this girl, not me. It's like, oh, well, I make the 80K. Why don't I just go ahead and pay for it while I'm right here? Because little does she know when you charge in this Jiffy Lube credit card, that's probably 20% interest. If you're getting new breaks, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm long with it. But it's, it's good information. Trust me. I mean, it, it's if you listen to what I'm saying, you'll realize it. If you're getting new brakes and they're like, I don't know, what, 150, something like that for your car, why not just pay the 150 with no interest rate at all instead of applying for a new car, which is a hard, hard inquiry. That's the first thing, which is fine because it'll go away a couple months. And then second, you now have a 20% interest card, a 20% interest rate card on $150, which you're like, I'll just pay for it later because I make 80K. So I'm like, if she continued to do that and now she doesn't make 80K anymore and now you have like $15,000 worth of debt, this is wrong with our generation. And I told Ayana, I said, if you got 100 people on a poll, you got like a generation that was like 50 and above, you got one generation that was like 30 to 40, you got a generation that was our age, and you got a generation that was like 25 and under, I guarantee you that our generation and the generation of 25 and under, they probably would say they would do the same thing. The other two generations, they wouldn't do it that way because... They think of things for the latter. We think of things for the now. Just back to the Jordans. They like, oh, well, these Jordans, they retro and these the band one. So I got to get these. No, you don't. How about you save that $200 that you're about to spend because you got six out of Jordan ones. It's like we don't think about the future. We think about the now. And now back to the cultural differences and I'm done. I think it goes back to with black people, my black people, I'm black, I love y'all. I think it's because we come from a, uh, a generation or we come from a a culture where we're not used to having anything. And it's like, we feel like, well, if somebody see me with these on, they gonna know I got it. And like, 
even like talking to some other black guys that are like single or dating, they'll be like, well, a girl, when she sees you with these or she see you with this type of car, she going to think you have the money. And I'm like, well, I'm not like that because just because you drive a Beamer with some type of rims, that don't mean you have, that don't they say nothing to me. It really kind of doesn't. I mean, it tells me you have a nice car, but it doesn't tell me what type of guy you are. And even further, it doesn't tell me nothing about your goals because you could be paying 800 to to $1,000 a month for that car and your interest rate be probably just as much as that, eight to ten percent. So it, it's just, it's just a lot. <laughs> and I probably went off topic. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to share that story about the girl from CNBC naked because I was like, this is our issue. We think in our minds, oh well, I make this amount a year. I make this amount of hour. I just pay for it next week when I get paid. Or you could just wait till you get paid to get it. The Joe would testify to this because I'm guilty of it too. I'm like, mm, I, this is cute. Do you have something similar to that at your house? Do you really need it? Because that seventy dollars that you're getting ready to pay for whatever it is, you could just save it. I mean, it's just yeah, I'm just done. But I hope somebody got something out of what I share because I got something out of watching the video myself. So hope it makes sense. <laughs> Another thing that I would say is as black people, we don't read anything or we don't like to read i don't like to read but most of us we don't read we don't read contracts we don't read anything um (laughs) right well not all of us but most of us when you okay you go to a car dealership when you go in a store and you're getting ready to buy something you don't even know what the interest rate is you don't even know the terms of that contract fully but you're putting your signature on it we don't read um joe you want to go ahead um, there's definitely, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying there's not generational issues, but there's definitely cultural differences. And it kind of goes back to what I started saying a little bit earlier. Like, I feel like it's a part of like that influence that's just around from peers. Um, cause think about it. When I, when I was saying that a lot of black people came from nothing, I was really talking like back during like slavery times. Right. So now we're right. free, do whatever we want and we want to do it up because we're free and we can do whatever we want. And I was kind of laughing even to myself free. yesterday. <laughs> I was laughing to myself even yesterday because the restaurant that I went to for my birthday was nothing but Caucasian people. Like we were the only expensive sign off. <laughs> I don't care. But the thing was, it was two other people there celebrating birthdays. I was the only one with the display because as black people, we just extra, you know, just in general. But I just think it's a matter of the influence that we that we see whether you might be from the hood and you're used to everybody getting all this expensive stuff and still not wanting to get out the hood or you could be from a more affluent uh household but just when you get into the school system and stuff like that you still have those influences that says you need this and you need that um to be this cool or to be accepted by this crowd or whatever so i mean i think that's a big part of it um because i can't speak for the whole Caucasian race but from what I know generally, I don't really see that as an issue. I mean, there is the same peer pressure, like, oh, you should get this, you should get that, but they're not fighting over, oh, I need to get the new Jordans necessarily. They're like, oh, I'll get these kids. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't matter to them as much as us. So I just think it's, it is like a passed down influence because of what they've seen behind them or whatever, but it's also a matter. I just think, I don't know, I feel like we always feel like we have to do the most and we do. For me, I don't know. Um, black folk kind of get on my nerves. I'm not going to lie. In, in terms of that, always, like I said, our standards are so high as far as what we like have to have or want to have. Um, as the saying goes, we have a, a champagne taste with a beer um, budget or whatever like that. So, And I hate what that. It's like... Water, yeah, literally. <laughs> like, okay, you. I work in the car business. Okay, you'll have a customer to come in, and black. It's always usually us, and it's irritating that it's usually us, but it is. You want a V. You you want a Lexus, or you want this car or that car. Okay, I'm gonna go through the nut. You know the because and it, the sad thing is, is that I'm already asking questions to prepare myself for what I already think you can qualify for. And it's bad that I have to do that, but that's the reality because <laughs> this is, these are the situations that you run into. So 
you know, you want a V6. Why? Where are you driving? Are you racing somewhere? <laughs> Why do you need a V6? <laughs> like, but your credit score is like 500. So how do you logically think in your mind that you can afford this vehicle or how do, how do, I don't, it irritates me. It really does. But it's very sad because unfortunately, again, we can't say that we don't know because there's too many resources out here for us to use. Um, and I did want to add to that question with this short vid. Uh, one sec. RJ. Um, and let me know if y'all can hear it. Oh, but quickly, just a point, and I don't know how y'all feel about this, but let me know. Chicago, New York, all them big cities, Vegas and LA, they have a Chinatown, they have a Russian spot. Miami, Boca is where the Jewish people live. Think about all the Chinatowns around the thing and the Jewish people spot where everybody know and the Russians live and the Venezuelans live. Where black people live is just called the hood. Correct. Y'all ever thought about that? Right. Where Chinatown, course. where if there's people from China that come to the US that immigrate here, they get together in Chinatown and make money together. Where black people live is always called the hood. They don't the say African American town. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that is a that is a ideology problem that African Americans have in this country. But if country. you put it on a bigger scale, when everybody went and stripped Africa of its resources, they, they stripped the black people of their culture, which is the same resources at the very end of the day. We have to depend, we're dependent upon everybody else. The biggest um, recipients of hair products are black people. Yeah. Who's selling the, the hair product? Not black people. The Asian people, that's their culture. You, you have to go into, not necessarily their community, because they're not afraid to put those shops in a black community. Black people are going to think twice before they run up in that store to rob them. But if you was a black person and that was your store, they plotting on you from the gate. Because they feel like you ain't going to oh. give them nothing. It's, if they're not plotting to rob you, they plotting to get 30 40% off. You going to hook me up today? If you don't hook them up, you're... All right, so I wanted to share, <laughs> and I stopped it before you say something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, which is very true. Like we have people from China, all these other places that come over here in America, create their own communities, Chinatown, and all of this, and make money. And we're sitting right here, not doing anything. Like you will have, but you know. 15, go ahead. We say we put that emphasis on the people. That's a government thing, though. Like there, right. it's easier for people to come over here from a third world country to get funding to start a business than it is for black people to get the same funding. Systematic racism. Like I'm not saying that we can't try and band our resources together because black people have so much buying power that we are unaware of. Um, how we can just really shut down the market of just we think because we're not making 70, 80 that 80, 90, $100,000 a year, we don't have no buying power. But Black people, like he said, hair, shoes, we run the economy. Um, but like he, he also said, that's a systematic thing. Like I know people want to talk about, I, I'm not even going to say that because I want to get into politics, but it is very easy. And that's why Trump was trying to shut down a lot of things. People were saying that he was trying to take away, you know, he, he did it wrong. He said it wrong. But what he was trying to do, he was trying to keep some of that funding that are that are given to some of those people that come over here to keep it for people who are already here because that's, that's how it is. It's set up now for people to be able to come over here. Like they literally can come over here and start a business. And then for us, we got to leap over troops, jump over walls, backflip, do hula hoops because that's the way it's set up right now. Um, and a lot of times we want to say, well, we need to go do this. It's a lot harder for us to do those things. And without the education, if you don't have somebody pushing you, you don't have somebody encouraging you to do it, then it's always going to be the hood. It's always going to be the ghetto. Can we come out of it? Yes, but it's going to take more. Like my mom always taught me as a black, as a black person, a black woman, when you sit at the table, you have to be twice as smart. 
twice as educated and work twice as hard. And I believe that that is very much the same for us in this world, whether it be a small business, we have to work twice as hard. We have to be twice as smart. We have to have twice the funds. It is what it is. But if we can't band together, like you said, we're not going to get anywhere. That's everything. Like if they wasn't banding together to build the tower to Bab the tower of Babel, they would have never been able to reach heaven. It's like we we have to band together. And as a people, we're selfish. We never had nothing. So when we get something, we're trying to take it to ourselves and rake it into our own. Um, and I think Albany said it. That's why you can't wait till you get money to give. Grandma said, if you be waiting till you get money to give, you ain't never going to give nothing. Um, and I think that's just how 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 it is in the long run. So a lot of times we put it on the people like we need to go do this. But it's a lot of things set up for us not to do that um, and not to see that way. That's all I'm saying. Did anybody else have a comment? I wanted to say that um, you was going to say something, Albany. I was, but I mean, it's not really that important because I don't know that much about how, I don't know how it's easier. I don't know that much about why <laughs> it is easier for somebody to come in and uh, work is, harder, though. but I do. True. I'm not. I don't know, but I do know that. Uh, I do know that sometimes we don't get ahead because we don't want to get ahead, and what I mean by that is that we are lazy. Um, like uh, when you go into those hair salons, or when you come into and you see people working, or another nationality that does a. I'm not going to put no title on it, but when they do jobs, they do jobs and they work their way up. We want to start on the top. Like the generations behind us, they don't want to work a job to the point to the point where they got to work in and put the work in to get somewhere else. We don't want to do that. So I'm like, I don't know how it is. How I don't know anything about that. I don't get into politics. I don't really watch the news like that. Y'all know that. But when it comes to us, we seem like we're content where we are, and that's in the church as well. Najol just said it in the business one. We're content with working a job that gets us from A to B that don't take us nowhere higher. We don't seek about, it's like we go into a job and we don't read up on the benefits. We don't see what it can do for us. We don't see about the other departments. We don't see what we can do. And uh, that's the one thing that I noticed with our, not just our culture, kind of. That's American the American culture. culture. Like we have to be careful yeah, when we're identifying that. and classifying something. That's the American culture. Like if you compare, like though. we're lazy, we're lazy students. I didn't want to call Everything you. I, didn't, I was going to say that, but I don't want to call it lazy because not everybody is. So that's why I want to say that. Well, I'm not. I'm Lindsay. Let me speak for Lindsay. Lindsay's a lazy student. I'm a student where I know that I could get a good B plus. I mean, I worked hard and got a B plus this semester, but I'm just saying like in high school, I knew there were certain courses that I didn't have to put forth the effort. But when you look at like a lot of people, like for I had a lot of students who um, work study students and they would tell me like I had one work study student from um, oh, I can't think of the country. But she said, y'all get over here and y'all get all these opportunities and y'all squander them. So, you know, it's not even just black people. It's just like the culture as a whole. Like we've been spoon fed so much. We don't want to work. We don't want to um, go after it. Um, and that's just agreeing with you, Albie. I just wanted to say that one part that it's an American culture thing. It's not just the, it, it's, we find it, we readily see it because we identify with the people within our social classes of some people being lazy and not wanting to work. But I have found in research that a lot of times those people don't even be lazy. Not, not everybody. I don't know. You know, I'm always that one person got got to look for the good in the people. Like there are some people, you'd be surprised how hard they try and how much the foot was on their neck. Like no matter what they did, what they did, what they did. Like, the, for example, there are some things back 20 years ago, no matter how hard we work, we would never be able to do. But it's because of certain people who paved the way for generations that we can do stuff now that we could not do then. That's, that's all yeah, that that's basically what I'm saying. I do think, how do I put this? But I don't want to offend anybody. But I think basically we are used to having things. And when you're used to having things and then you somebody else comes over from another country and they go, 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 because they're not used to having what we have. So they supersede, they go past us because we've been sitting here this whole time and they went for it. So that's why I think that happens sometimes. But I don't know about businesses and all that because I'm too lazy for that. So I think another thing is... Um... The problem isn't always necessarily 
our income or how much money we make or don't make or anything, but our mentality. Um, again, like Najel was saying, using what you have and putting it to good use or knowing how to manage your money. So in the video, like I was just showing earlier, um, which they're all professional retired now football players, they were like, you know, as soon as we get drafted, everybody's crying. <laughs> Why is the whole family crying? Because I've made it. <laughs> like, you don't have to go to football practice. You don't have to do anything, but you're crying. <laughs> because it's that pressure now that, okay, this one person make it, so now we're good. So they like, one of the hardest things is telling your family, family members, no, you know what I mean? Or they'll be like, <clears throat> one of the uh, athletes was like, I've told my family members, you come up with the business plan, I'll fund it. They've never came up with a business plan. Why? You have the funding here, but you have yet to come up with a business plan. That's a mentality thing. <laughs> like you have free money with no idea. So that's one of the issues too, is our mentality, not necessarily, you know, kind of the other things. Um, which leads into probably the next question. Why is it important to do research before making an investment or a big or <laughs> or a big decision, whether it be buying a car, buying a house, um, or anything major. Why is it important to do your research beforehand? Because you need to know what you're getting into. I can't stress, I can't say this enough. You need to, I am one that does not like to read. I don't like to read. But when it comes to like, I'll just use a car. If I'm not reading it, I need you to tell me what this is for. Now, of course, when you of course when you have a car, it's like the, the white sheet, the yellow sheet, the pink sheet. It's all this fine print. Oh, you better believe that fine print is there for a reason. But I need you to tell me what this what this is all about. Um, but it's so much, it's so important to do your research because you need to know when. <laughs> like you just need to know you're getting the best deals. Uh, you need to know what you're getting into because when you say, "Oh, well, I didn't know that," when it comes into like terms and conditions, okay, terms and conditions of your loan. This is the terms. These are the terms and the conditions. Once your name is on there, that wet signature. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you have agreed to the terms. And it's funny because we do everything now electronically. And it's like, so you tap that button and you continue on it. Tap continue. That's like, we, I do it all the time. Apple be like, update. I be like, I don't care what y'all talking about. Update my phone. You know, like, I don't care. But there's a reason for that. You know, so when y'all be like, oh, this new iOS 15, I don't like it. Times and conditions, baby. That's what you agree to. So if something happened with your iPhone 6, because we on, what is it, 15, 14 now, 13? I don't know. I don't have it. So that's what that's what you're agreeing to. It is so important because you need to know what you're going, going, going into. And not only that, it doesn't say this, but do your homework. Do your homework. Search if it's something that you're buying that has a rate involved. See if you're getting the best rate. Um, because if or see if like there, if you want a car and one's twenty thousand, you see another one in a state away that's like eighteen thousand. Well, this person over here got it for eighteen thousand. Know what you're getting into. It's just like when you're going into a test, you study it so you can be prepared for what you're going to. So you can go up to them and know. Speak. You can go up. It's like I don't even. I can't even compare it. Like I don't even know what to say. Just do your homework and do your research because when you go in blindly, it's like the blind leading the blind. Like you just look at you just don't even know what you sign and just doing stuff oh you're just susceptible to being um taken <laughs> taken advantage of <laughs> pretty much that's yeah that's what i was gonna say because it's like there's so much corruption in the world people will write anything in a contract and put it up for you in your face and be robbing you blind like you just have to be careful of certain things, um, definitely with larger investments, but really anything like <laughs> my mom, I, just like we talked about not reading, she's the main one that tells me like, you need to read everything you're signing all the time. And she knows that people hate her for it. <laughs> because one time, funny story, we were at, it was like Sears or something. This was a long time ago. And <laughs> you know how they be, oh, you went to Sears car, blah, blah, blah. You get this for y'all. And she's like, okay, you know, and they gave her the paper and she stood there, people behind her in line and read it. She was like, ma'am, are you going to sign? You, are you going to let me read it? <laughs> but she was that serious. So she sat there and read it in the line. But I mean, to me, that was necessary. But I get the whole point behind it because like Albany is saying, you need to know what you get into 
because people will try to rob you. And it's not even just that. It's like you'll sign up for things. It could be a, a legitimate establishment. And they'd be like, oh, it's just your six fab. months. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right. It'd be like, okay, you, you've been with they us. They, exactly. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, you've been with us for six months and now your rate has increased. And you'd be like, my rate increased, but it said it in a terms of condition. Like, just like you were saying. So, I mean, it's not even always illegitimate things. But it's things that they do to catch you off guard because they know we're not reading 15 pages of terms and conditions and all that other stuff. So, I mean, it's important because you just don't want to be caught off guard and, or unaware of certain things because that'll mess you up down the line. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's even but like Facebook and all these apps we use, we give permission for our cameras to be used and all of this. <laughs> then we wonder why we getting hacked. Wondering why, because I like cheetah print. Every shoe I see has a cheetah print on it. You all up in my phone. Go and sit down, y'all. Mark Zuckerberg and all y'all. Go ahead. That's why. That is like why. You'll, yeah, like you'll say something and then you'll see a Facebook ad for it. Yeah, they're listening. Just because you got to turn that stuff off. You got to go in and look at that stuff. Like I said, it's just so important. I think one thing is we got to be asked somebody. If we don't know, talking to Lindsay, my worst thing is asking for help. We call it, I don't know what syndrome it is, but I don't like asking for help. Right. Like, and especially if you try to make me feel like I'm slow or I can't. Well, do I guess it. that's different. I'm de- struggling. Yeah. Remember that picture that you know, I ain't even say that picture, but um, and I think that's the thing is like we have to feed on the weaknesses and the strengths of others. Like if you're good at yeah. that, sure. why not ask you and say, Hey, I know you're good at this, but that's the crazy thing is we cry go off before destruction. Um in a haughty spirit before the fall. We don't want to ask um, certain things. And I think if we really ask, we are really, because like you said, the update, no, don't even be updating. He updates stuff sometimes because he'd be like, we be lying. We know we didn't read all of that. Talking some, I read all of the terms. Of, no, you didn't. Because that thing be like <laughs> 17 pages and the print be like three. <laughs> um, and it's like, man, people will, I think the crazy thing for me that I had to learn is you, you, I, I didn't think people could be as wicked as they were. You know what I mean? Like you don't think people can be as evil as they, they can be, but they will be. Um, and I never forget um, when Lily went to daycare for the first time, I read that contract through and through. And I told the lady, I said, some of your stuff Lend your connection. We can't hear you, sis. Mm-hmm. Oh, I accidentally muted myself. All right. Yeah, but that's it. You should read your contracts. It's just, it's a blessing. Also, it's really also there for your protection, too, because let's say something happens and you feel like you need to sue somebody or I don't know, whatever. You can be like, well, in your terms and conditions, it don't say this, it says that, or whatever. So that's really why they have it. But we don't, we don't know. That's what lawyers are for. <laughs> but I mean, in general, like, like I said, outside of corruption, you need to. It's for you. Back you up. Know what you're doing. Um, yeah. All right. This is my last question. Why are church duties tithes offerings so important? Lens go first. Uh, <laughs> trying to tell y'all, it's so important. I'm just, it's just important. It's crucial. It's vital. It's critical. Your life okay, depends on synonym. it. Just trying to tell you. The Bible said you be cursed with a curse. Be wondering why can't nobody bless you if you be wondering. You hear all these stories about the mothers be balling up money and putting in your hand. You wonder why nobody balled you up and put you no money in your hand because you cursed with a curse. I'm just trying to tell you, been there, done that. You will be trying to figure out what happened to your money. And it's just like something blew on it. Like, But there are biblical principles to giving anyway. Like even people who don't even believe in going to church and different things and they give their tithes and they are some of the most blessed people tangibly in the world. Like they will tell you that Elder David Spellman always said, you can't beat God giving. I'm just trying to tell you, like you be trying to, when you give to God, it says you lend unto the Lord. Can you imagine having lending to the Lord? That means he's going to give it back. And when he give it back, he's going to. 
y'all heard that because I said this for sure wrong ten days a week. Um, yeah, what he said. Say it again. I just want to make sure I say it right. I don't want to add to. And we bless God. So we lend in to the Lord. I'm just saying, when you give to God, I promise you, like, you ever be given so much that you're like, I really don't have it to give, but you just give it anyway. And it seemed like money just be coming out of nowhere. Like, people just be blessing you for, for nothing. Like, that's where I have gotten, like, I heard um, Elder David say one time, too, he gave his way out of debt. He gave to so many people that God opened so many doors and so many windows that it allowed him to get out of debt. Um, and that's just how it is. I kind of lost my train of thought. My husband gave me his word, but yeah, it's, it's so important. Yeah, I actually like what your husband said. Um, that one part, he was saying, you know, giving without looking for something back. And I think that's so important because... I think people need to realize it's more than just, okay, I'm giving my tithes and offerings, so I did my part, like, okay, but did you feel it when you gave it, you know? I'm not saying every single paycheck, you got to sacrifice half of it, and no, I'm not saying that, but it's just like, people give as, okay, this is my due diligence, I did what I was supposed to do, but it didn't mean anything they gave, it's not like, no good intentions really behind it, kind of like, um, and again, it doesn't have to be your last every time, but like, the woman with the two mites and then all the people around her was rich and tossing their money in. Well, maybe I wasn't there, but <laughs> giving their money, but it really wasn't much of theirs to give. And she gave her last and she was blessed and they was looking like, well, we, we did this, we did that, but it's not about what, just because you gave, like, what is, what is the meaning behind your giving? Hello? But in general, it's important because, and it's not just monetary blessings, like, you are going to be blessed and you'd be surprised at the blessings, like to me, sometimes certain things happen come my way. I'm like, wow, like you know, it just shocks me. And then you be like, look, at God, you know, you know how black people are, but <laughs> it's 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 so vital. And just first, first and foremost, because Scripture says to do it, um, and just to in general, like watch things play out in your life as a result of what you're doing. And the more you give without the intention of I'm giving this, so I can get it back, or whatever like that you're gonna be blessed even more because then it's just it's not even about like you know what you're looking for it's just because that's what you're supposed to do but not just that because you have a positive intention you know and not like money grubbing uh yeah i definitely agree um i feel well you good for God version everything. We want blessings, but then we don't want to bless God. And in blessing God, that's blessing your storehouse, um, which is part of uh, giving your tithes and giving your offer. I, I just don't. Sometimes I'm just like, well, I don't get it. That doesn't matter which storehouse you bless; they're all His. Um, uh, it's very important. It is vital that we do these things, and also watch, as Najol said, watch your heart in giving them. Um, because as I always say, we, and I can't say we, because I believe every God's children, we've all probably been here somewhere. It's like, we want God to do so much for us, but we don't want to do anything for him. Um, and it just, God doesn't, he's not like that. I mean, he will bless us, but we have to, we have to give <laughs> too. Um, if it's giving your last sometime and believing that God will bless you and he will return, I've gotten things sometimes. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, all right. Thank you. Thank you, bro. You know, thanks for blessing me, <laughs> you know? Um, it's just, you, I don't know how to say it. And I really don't. It's very important. Um, if you if you keep tight on your hand, this one's going to be tight because that means that God's going to allow it to be tight because it's not going to be able to get open because can't nobody give you nothing. Um, it's just, you have to bless your storehouse. Uh, I don't know. And it's Bible. Um, and if we really believe that God's word is true and every man be alive, then that means that you believe that scripture is true also. <laughs> so you just have to, it's something, sometimes it is a struggle. It can be, um, but that's where your faith becomes a huge test for you. And you have to pray and ask God to, to help you to truly believe that he will make a way for you. Cause he'll never he'll give you, he'll give you your every need, not your every want. Um, so that's where you have to truly believe that he will bless you. Um, and, and he won't see you without the things that you truly do need. Um, so I, I don't, they've already said it. It's very vital. 
I mean, something that we have to do. And when you're really looking for God to do something miraculously for you, that's when that's when that comes in. It's like, all right, well, let me give double. I've even been in positions before in my career when I'm like, Lord, if you bless me with this job, you don't have to worry about it. I'm giving no less than this in every offering. And he blessed me with it. Okay, offering time, boom, here it is. Or in this offering, because it's, it, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm making a deal with God, but I want him to know like, okay, well, this job offers more than what I'm getting right now. And I also want, it's not necessarily about the money, but I'm trying to advance myself in what I want from my life. So please bless me with this and I won't let you down in your storehouse, Lord. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tap the plate. And that's what we do. It's like, well, we want this, but then when he give us this, we forget about him. And just as much as he bless you, my Lord, he can take it right away, right from underneath of you. Um, so, and I'm a test, I'm a living testimony of that I have done those things. Like, Lord, if you bless me with this, I, I will not let you down. Um, and sometimes he would bring that back. Whoop, whoop, remember what you said? And I'm like, yeah, Lord, let me put this five dollars back. You know, so it's, it, you really just have to, yeah. And it, it's for anybody. If you you can you can get two hundred dollars Jordans, but you can't get twenty dollars an offer. Uh, we was at convocation one time, and I know I know the Joe probably remembers because I bring this up often. And they had took up the special offering at the end of service, and I had already gave my offering, and the preacher was like. Uh, I wasn't giving the extra offering just to be clear, I'm completely transparent. I wasn't really thinking about giving the offering, but it was when he said, "You can get your hair done, and you can do this, and you can do that. You can take some of that money or whatever and put it in this special offering." When he said that, wallet, because sometimes for me, I'm like, "That's true," and I'm for me, I'm like, "Well, if I." And give spend thirty dollars on a crab cake, or I'm sorry, double, except for them point two ounces we had at that, because they knew better with that. But uh, if I could go to Jimmy's, or if I can go here down in Baltimore in the city, and I can spend thirty dollars on a meal, or twenty five dollars on a meal, I can't put that in a plate. And this is the God that allowed me to get to where I was last night to have dinner, and I can't get that back to Him. That's how I think. Like I, sometimes I'm, I'm I'm confused on how other people think. I'm not saying anybody has to be like me, but I'm like, this is the God that we say that we serve or want to serve or, or want to do better by. It's like, well, I bought them sneakers, but I can only get $5 in this offering. Or you got on that lovely hat that I'm sure cost a pretty penny, but you got $2. And this is not to judge anybody, but this is how I think. And I be feeling bad. Because I'm just like, man, they right. They right. You know, so give to your storehouse just give to your storehouse because god won't see you without and he will honor that and it's in his word so yep thanks um yeah i like what albany was alluding to because like when you think about it you can be i don't know working a job that's just not doing it for you and you like in the depths of the spirit you're not even really making paycheck to paycheck like you just struggling you praying and praying and praying it's like a lot of times we get where we've asked God to put us and then we forget about him. And then we hoard all our money and we can only give a dollar still. And it's like, you, you are blessed now. So you you can give more than a dollar, at least double, triple, you know, whatever. But it's just like, that happens so much. Like we're struggling and then you get that blessing and you, now you don't want, want to use it. And just like she was saying, it can get swept right from under you. And me personally, I'm not saying this has to be anyone's personal conviction, but for me personally, when I get paid, the first things that come out are tithes and offering. Because most times what happens, you're doing what you want here, there, and everywhere. And it's, then this old time for tithes and offering, oh, you only got $10 left and you done made $1,000 as paycheck. Honey, that ain't 10%. <laughs> so, hello, something ain't mathing. But I think, personally, I think that's important. And even if it's like a case where you, I don't know, because I get paid in the middle of the week. And then church is on Sunday. Okay. Say yourself, this is what I'm setting aside for that. So when I get to church, I'm going to put it in, you know, whatever, just so you have the proper amounts. And I mean, your offering is subjective to what you want to give. There's no specific amount, but we know what 10% is. You need to calculate that off whatever you pay. So I feel like that will make it easier for you to keep up with that. And then you go from there. And again, because you're not putting him last and you're giving, he's going to put you first in his blessing. Come on. One plus two, one plus one equal two. It's easy. I think it was important. I just want to say it one more time. They said it a long time ago is that um, it's not just tangible. 
Um, and I think if we think like that, like we think in giving is just tangible. Man, you don't know how many times he blessed my family because of my obedience. Because what giving does, giving is obedience. It shows your obedience and your faith in God. Because when you don't, it's like, God, I trust you. Even if you be like, I know what I can do with this $100, it shows an act of faith in God that I know if I give you this, you will supply all of my needs. I know you will supply it. And he, he'll even, God's so good. He's so faithful. He give us our wants too. Like say he'll supply your needs, but God is just, he just a blessing that he, he gives us just like we love our kid. Well, I'm the only one who has kids right now, but, um, they have got kids. Um, and we want to give them good gifts and we want to supply their needs, make sure they have everything they need. But there are times you go in the store, you want to get them what they desire. And that's how God is just, it's not just tangible, tangible things. I heard somebody say this, um, this past summer is 10% of your time. It's two hours and 40 minutes of the day. Are you giving that to God too? Um, so it's so much more than just giving of tangible things. It's necessary. It's required. It's critical. It's vital. But it, the blessings may not be returned to you tangibly. And you can never repay God for those things. Even just how he looks on and over your life. Any other comments or anything? Nope. All right, that was our last question. So we are, yes, he gives you favor, absolutely. <clears throat> all right, so that was our last question. Thank you all for watching us today. Don't know back. If, don't know if we will be back next week, but we will be back. Uh, if not next week, then the week after. And thank you all for your support. And we will see you all soon.